And as Ben said this morning, we're going to be continuing with our I Am series. And for those of you that aren't maybe familiar with what these are, throughout the Bible, Jesus had some different statements that he said about himself. And over the last number of weeks, we've been unpacking what they are. And to give you a few examples, we've had I Am the Way, I Am the Bread of Life. Or I am the bread of life, yeah. I am the resurrection and life. I am the good shepherd and I am the light. And this morning we're going to continue with that. But I thought to begin with, I thought I'd really just share just how much it's encouraged me learning more about the character and the person of Jesus. And I think if there's one thing that I could say about my personal walk with Jesus over the last 15, 20 years, would be that in that time, my love, my appreciation for Jesus has deepened. And if you're not sort of used to being in church, hearing that language and hearing someone say, well, I love Jesus might sound a little bit strange for you. But hopefully from hearing the testimonies this morning and through what we're going to look at today, you'll begin to understand that appreciation that we have for Jesus. So I thought to introduce my I am statement this morning, I actually would tell you a joke just to give you a clue as what it is. Who here likes a knock knock joke? I can see a few hands up. All right, let's see how this goes. So knock, knock. Amazon, your doorbell's not working. (laughs) So this morning, my I am statement is, I am the door. So I'm going to read this out for you. It's from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 7 to 10. Jesus says this. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. First of all here, Jesus tells us that he is the door of the sheep. And a few weeks ago, Tim gave a great message on the on Jesus being, I am the good shepherd. And in that, Tim unpacked and gave us a really good foundation of the value that sheep had in culture, in society, but also within the economy as well. They were really quite valuable. And we're told here in this passage is that anyone who enters by this door will be saved and will find pasture. And this morning, I want to unpack what that looks like for us individually. So in order to understand what Jesus is saying here, we first have to understand the the original context and the meaning of this illustration and this imagery that Jesus gives us. And the problem that we have is that we have our modern interpretation of what Jesus here is saying. You see, Jesus says, I am the door. And for all of us, we've walked through a door this morning. And maybe at home, you've got a door at the entrance to your house. And the door can be an image of protection and for security for those who are on the inside of the door. And you might think, Rob, that's a great example. I want Jesus to be my door. But the problem with that image is that it can also be an image of distance and a barrier 
to those who are actually on the outside of that door. And that's an issue for us when we read this statement of I am the door, if we don't understand the context in which Jesus was saying this. You see, Jesus was talking to an ancient culture of sheep herding. And the more that I read into this, the more that I kind of, I was amazed really how sheep have even survived, really. (laughs) But basically, sheep are one of the most hopeless animals. They will literally spend their entire day grazing and eating the piece of grass that's in front of them. And they'll keep eating and eating and eating. And before long, they'll look up. And they'll be completely lost. They'll have no idea where they are whatsoever. And sheep will wander from place to place without ever looking up. And as a result of that, they often become lost. Sheep have no homing instincts whatsoever. They are totally incapable of finding their way back to the sheep pen. They literally, it could be in plain sight, and they still would not find their way back to it. By nature, sheep are followers, and they need a shepherd to show them the way. And as a result of this, a pen is required to keep all the sheep together, to stop them from wandering off, and to stop them from getting lost. Additionally, on top of all of this, if you think it couldn't get any worse for sheep, they are also easily susceptible to injuries and they are utterly helpless against predators. So if a wolf was to enter the pen, they wouldn't actually defend themselves. They wouldn't even try to run off. They would literally huddle together, and as a result, they are easily slaughtered. It's not good for the sheep. And sheep are totally dependent upon the shepherd who will care for them with compassion. And when Jesus was talking about this, shepherds were a few different things for the sheep. They would be the providers for the sheep. They would be the guides, the protectors, and also the constant companions of the sheep. And as I'm sure you can appreciate and maybe imagine, the countryside, especially where Jesus was talking about, was a big open place. And there were lots of places for those sheep to get lost. There were lots of places for those sheep to get hurt. There were, you know, they could fall off a cliff, fall down a hole. And there were also predators as well who wanted to eat those sheep. So in order to combat this, the shepherd would do something and he would build a sheep pen. And I've actually got an image here of what one of these traditional sheep pens would look like. And as you can see, we've got a a rough pile of rocks that would be made into a circle that create a wall. And in there, as you can see, there is a small opening. And basically, through that small opening, the shepherd would drive the sheep in at the end of the day and so that they could sleep there at night. Now, what you'll notice here about this is that there's not a door to this. And what the shepherd would do once all the sheep would be in, he would actually sit in that opening and he would actually sleep there. And by doing that, he would keep, first of all, the sheep in the pen, but he'd also keep the wild animals out. Now, reading Jesus' statement of, I am the door, gives us a slightly different meaning when we understand the context. Now, the original Greek word that's used here in the Bible, it's a word called thura. 
you can all say that if you want. Thura. Thura. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm pronouncing it today. It's spelled T-H-Y-R-A. And that is where we get the translation of that word, either door or gate. But it can actually translate slightly differently as well. You see, it can also be translated as an opening, a portal, or an entrance. And when we understand that interpretation of that word, it gives us a different emphasis. All of a sudden, we've gone from maybe having that image of a closed door to actually having something that is more opening and more of an entrance. So my first point for us this morning is this. Jesus is the way of salvation. And as we read there in John 10, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he or she will be saved. Jesus here is making a stark statement. He's saying, if we come to him, we will be saved. Well, let's just unpack that for a minute. What exactly are we being saved from? And to answer that question very quickly, ultimately, it is death. Jesus is talking about both a physical death, but he's also here talking about a spiritual death. See, Jesus is offering us true life, not only here while we are on the earth, but actually after we die and we've left this place. And we need to understand in order to understand this, a few characteristics about God and his character. You see, the Bible tells us, first of all, that God is a loving father. And that's something that we need to understand. And as a loving father, he has shown us through the Bible and through what's been written a way in which we can live our lives. And as a a follower of Jesus, I actually believe it's the best possible way for us to live our lives. But as a human race, we've gone against this. And the Bible uses a word to describe it. And you might have heard some people mention it this morning, that word sin or sinful. Another way to put that could be just immoral or fallen. You see, all of us, at some point or another, we've gone against that way that God teaches us to live our lives We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard. And the consequence of falling short, the consequence of being sinful, is that actually we, the consequence of that is death. Both physically, but also spiritually as well. That there is a disconnect from God the Father. However, there is good news for us this morning. It's not all doom and gloom. You see, this morning we sang about it, about the amazing thing that Jesus did. And that Jesus took our punishment on our behalf. That actually he was willing to die in our place. And as a result of that, was able to pay for our wrongdoing. We are able to come to Jesus today. And receive this gift of salvation that is offered to us. And that is why Jesus is able to say, I am the door. I am the saviour. And it's ultimately, it's it's the character of God as a merciful, loving father. 
in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way to true life. He is the only way to heaven, and he is the only way to God the Father. What do I mean by this? It's only through Jesus that we can receive salvation. And remember what I said earlier on about shepherds. They were there to be the providers, the guides, the protectors, and the constant companions of the sheep. And if we so wish, Jesus can be this type of shepherd in our lives as well. You see, when we read this statement of, I am the door, we actually need to change the emphasis of how we read that. And we need to change it from, I am the door, which is the literal translation, but read it more as, I am the opening. I am the entrance. I am the way. The good news is that each of us can come to the shepherd. Each of us can come to Jesus just as we are. We don't have to try and sort our lives out first. We don't have to try and get it all together. Literally, we can come just as we are to Jesus. And there is nothing, nothing that we can do to try and make God love us anymore. He already loves us 100%. So much so that he was willing to send his son, Jesus. So my second point for us this morning is this, the narrow gate. In Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14, it says this, and I'll read this from the screen. It says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to the destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Again, we have that imagery of a door or a gate. So what is it for us to enter through this narrow gate? Well, I believe for for me as a follower of Jesus is that actually Jesus calls us to leave behind our old life and leave behind our old behaviors. And Jesus calls calls us to pick up our own cross. That actually he calls us to put to death an old part of our life. And he gives us an alternative way to live. And as we read there, the way of the world, it ultimately leads to death and it leads to destruction. However, in following Jesus, we find new life and a new way to live our lives. I want to read another scripture for you. And this is from Romans chapter 6. And this brilliantly illustrates what the individuals who are getting baptized today are doing. And it says this about, ultimately it's about baptism. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. And we have this beautiful imagery of being brought down into the waters of baptism, almost as Jesus was laid down into the tomb, this symbol of an old life being put to death. 
and then being raised up out of the water into a new life. And as you've heard from everyone who's getting baptized today, they've declared who Jesus is in their life and what Jesus has done in and for them. And the reason why we put our old life to death is because we become a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, there is something greater. And ultimately, all of this, it is an act of, first of all, surrender, but it is an act of obedience as well. As a sheep, to listen to the shepherd's voice and to follow him wherever he may lead us. So I've talked a little bit of life without the shepherd. I want to focus a little bit now on what does it actually look like to have Jesus in our life? What does it look like to follow the shepherd? So my third point is this, life with the shepherd. And we've already read this part of the scripture, but I'll go over it again because it highlights the difference of the way of Jesus and the way of the thief. It says, the thief does not come except to steal kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And we didn't read this earlier on, but the next verse goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And here we have that contrast of a thief versus Jesus. And the context of this passage, ultimately Jesus here was talking about some of the religious leaders of the day. But for us, we can learn something from this as well. And as I've said already, Jesus wants us to live differently. And actually as a sheep, he wants us to follow him. He wants to take us on a spiritual journey that he wants to transform our lives. And those shepherds, they were that guide At times they were taken through difficult circumstances, through rough terrain, but ultimately the shepherd was taking them somewhere greater. And just as the shepherds were those protectors and those providers, I believe in the same way that Jesus wants to be that provider in our lives. We've heard about it, how Jesus and God has provided practically, but also I believe Jesus wants to provide for us both emotionally and spiritually as well. And we can look to so many different places for those things, some of them good, none of them not so good. We can rely on different relationships in our lives. We can think, oh, if I can just find that right boyfriend or that right girlfriend, if I can, you know, just get a good group of mates around me, everything will be all right. And those things in themselves, they're not wrong. They are good things. But it is only Jesus who can truly provide for us. The shepherds, they were the protectors, and I believe that Jesus wants to protect us. There's so many things in this world, so many evil things, but I also believe there's a darkness and there's an enemy as well. And Jesus wants to protect us both emotionally and spiritually from those things that can come at us in our lives. Jesus wants to protect us from these things. And he wants to be our companion He wants to go on this journey with us. He's not going to just send you out the door and leave you to it. He wants to go on that journey with us.